talk and today we're going to talk to Glendale Bicycle Call LACBC regional chapter which is called Bike Walk Glendale. We're going to talk to Ryberg and some other people. So we're going to start off with the news with Jim Brown from the California Bicycle Coalition. Hey Jim, you're on the line. Hey Nicholas, good morning. How you doing? Good morning. Um, I've got four items about uh, bike news around California. Um, California is one step closer to a three-foot passing law to help protect bicyclists on the road. On Thursday, the Assembly Appropriations Committee approved Senate Bill 1464, the three-foot passing bill uh, that we're co-sponsoring with the city of Los Angeles. Uh, We expect a full Assembly vote um, on the bill in the next several weeks and we could see the bill sent to the governor as soon as the end of the month. California could be the 21st state to enact a law that specifies a minimum clearance when drivers uh, must give bicyclists when when passing them from behind. Um, Also, California could soon begin making it easier for cities to install protected bikeways that give bicyclists greater protection from adjacent traffic. Um, Also last week on Monday, the uh, Senate Transportation Committee approved Assembly Bill 819, a CDC-sponsored bill that would allow cities and counties to build bikeways other than those specified in the California Highway Design Manual. The manual is the only standard that local agencies can use when building bikeways, but it's very outdated and it doesn't contain standards for protected bikeways such as bike boxes and cycle tracks that are helping increase bicycle ridership in cities outside of California. Um, Employees at the San Francisco International Airport are getting their own bike-sharing system. The San Francisco Airport Commission has okayed a pilot program to provide bike-sharing for employees at SFO. This kind of small-scale private bike-sharing system is common on university campuses and uh, with really big employers like Google. Meanwhile, the bike-sharing system encompassing San Francisco and communities as far south as San Jose is expected to launch this fall and uh, look for bike sharing in Los Angeles for the next year or so. Um, you could read more about bike sharing in California at bike.org. And finally today, uh, there is a new community, uh, nonprofit community bike shop opening in South Central Los Angeles. Uh, Watch Cyclery is the first bike kitchen, a not-for-profit do-it-yourself space for bikes, repairs, education, and community in this part of L.A., you can find a complete list of bike kitchens and community bike shops in the L.A. area and throughout California at calbike.org. Just click on the Bicycling in California tab. That's all I got. All right, Jim. Well, that was really great. Thank you. And uh, I hope you call in again maybe next week, maybe sometime soon. Thanks, Nicholas. All right. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Okay. So that was Jim Brown from California Bike Coalition. Here's Mark Elliott. We got chicken leather. We're on a tight... Uh, Schedule today. Absolutely. What? Uh, except, however. Absolutely. We we. Uh, it's funny because I talked to those guys. Uh, they were doing the white cycler. He actually is a. Um, 
a bike mechanic in the area already. He has a bike shop, but he says he, he noticed and he witnessed uh, the need for a community-based bike service uh, just because all the kids were, were in his shop all the time. And he says, well, it's one thing to have kids in your shop. It's another thing to actually sort of educate and instruct them about uh, some of the higher-end ethics that we always kind of forget, uh, things that uh, transcend not, not only biking but uh, the human experience. So we're too. talking about the bicycle kitchen in Watts, yeah. Mark. What? All or right. Bike oven. <laughs> okay. We, we're supposed to have a call in. This is uh, from LACBC. Okay. But, uh, but they're, in the meantime... Go why ahead. don't we Why don't we talk about uh, Mark? Do, are you up on LACBC News Regional Chapters? Anything? Uh, regional Chapters. Well, better Better Bike, where I am in Beverly Hills, BetterBike.org. We are a regional chapter over there on the west side, somewhere between um, Culver City and Santa Monica Spoke. Both other regional chapters. And Regional Chapter News. Let's see. The LACBC is. Um, working on putting into place some changes with the regional chapters. What we're hoping to do is give the regional chapters a little bit of autonomy and uh, so we can we can go out there and dig up some memberships and thereby support also uh, the LACBC. So it's kind of a work in progress. I think right now there are about 10 regional chapters and the idea is we want to co-build the capacity. So a group like mine, you know, we need, we've got some LACBC members there in Beverly Hills, but we also want to bring more people on board, and we want to bring them on board with the LACBC as well. So the arrangement that um, LACBC and regional chapters have right now is um, it's kind of a membership split. So uh, if I'm doing my farmer's market and you're walking by and uh, you're in or around Beverly Hills, I say, hey, you know, join Better Bike and you also join the LACBC. And that way, LACBC is our umbrella and they uh, can help us with the fundraising and promotion. And we're the intelligence on the ground for the LACBC because they can't be everywhere at the same time in a county of 10 million people. So we have a little bit of uh, kind of co-working on this. So you're a regional chapter. Uh, you're the Beverly Hills regional chapter. That's right. And so well, you pick, when you join the LACBC, you pick one chapter if you want, and the funds get shared with that chapter. Is that right? Right. When you go onto the LACBC membership uh, page on the website, for example, uh, you can find a drop down to choose a local group. And if you choose a local group, then what happens is there's a, um, a membership split where we keep a small piece, uh, LACBC keeps uh, most of it and that way you know you support both of our groups do, do you feel it's all uh comes down this is chicken leather it comes down to a local kind of interaction there seems to be more going on at the local level than there is in like uh, mid-level or anything that would come down i mean we heard that uh, let me give you an example we heard about the three-foot bill but what what does that transfer down to the, to me just riding you know across the city or something okay yeah it, it's a great question because there's there's, you know, the high-level stuff, there's Sacramento, and we heard from Jim Brown and California Bicycle Coalition, and they lobby in Sacramento, and they're looking at that big picture. Then there's the, let's say the mezzo scale, right? Yeah. The, the middle yeah. scale, where you've got uh, something like City of Los Angeles, um, and you've got, uh, uh, at, the, at the small scale, you've got a small city like Beverly Hills or a smaller city like Santa Monica or West Hollywood. Um, you in, in at the middle scale, you've got City of Los Angeles and Mayor Villaraigosa, and they're driving, to some extent, they're driving a regional agenda because he's uh, he's until recently was the 
uh, chair of uh, Metro. So they're they're moving forward on on this kind of you know medium picture stuff, uh, countywide stuff like uh, rail investments. And when he moves forward a policy like the Give Me Three at the city right. at, at the city of LA level, that anti or that anti-harassment law, you know, they're they're setting an agenda for the Southland, basically. And then at the local level, I can go to my city council and say, oh, this is what city of Los Angeles has done. This is something we ought to consider here. And what happens is uh, the LACBC, the County Bicycle Coalition, you know, they, they span the county of about 10 million people, and they work on some of those, those bigger policy items. And then at the local level, I'm the boots on the ground, you know, people, people with Better Bike or Cynthia and Brian over at Santa Monica Spoke or Jim Shaman at uh, Culver City Bicycle Coalition. We're the local boots on the ground. So we, we can uh, let LACBC know what's happening at the local level. And if we need to move something uh, locally at, at the city level, uh, we can be there, the LACBC's local contact. Uh-huh. But you know, it's it's we we talk about this, and we only see the the higher ups. But when it when it gets down to your membership, it's it's basically people just to, that are concerned and stuff. Um, that transition has always been sort of uh, not not so much. I, I look at it as, as skew from from just people on the street. But we're now seeing other people coming in and saying, "Hey, why can't we make?" Uh, the local bike coalitions part part of the solution to, to this whole thing, and, and I think you're even seeing uh, higher ups coming into this. By by that I mean it's like uh, uh, I I know you don't I don't know if you do drive, but I, I noticed that uh, people like the the AAA that were for years were against any kind of uh, uh, in infrastructure that would affect their their car or their car membership or them as a lobby has sort of uh, turned it on its head. And in fact, they're embracing it and looking at it like a solution to some of the traffic problems now. If we got people on bikes, they actually see that it's actually better for the car now in, right. in this environment. Right. Um, that's a message that, that we take locally. Uh, so in Beverly Hills, for example, uh, when I appear in front of our Traffic and Parking Commission, you know, one of the things I highlight to them is that you know, we have a local responsibility, not, not only to manage traffic in the city, but we have to do our our piece, you know, we're Keystone in the West Side transportation uh, puzzle, so we have to do our piece uh, as well. Um, and Santa Monica Spoke is a great example where you have Santa Monica, a fairly enlightened city compared to Beverly Hills, and Santa Monica Spoke becomes a, uh, they're the, the LACBC regional there in Santa Monica. They become one of the moving pieces in that, you know, mobility uh, machine over in Santa Monica. Um, so we play, a, we play a, a key role there kind of, um, feeding back to LACBC, what's ho happening at the local level, and then when we coordinate with LACBC and these kind of larger advocacy efforts, we can try and move the ball at the city level as well. So I think we you know we're like we're this important, important piece. If you if you kind of zoom out, there's a kind of a mosaic of advocacy efforts. You know, the LACBC at the county county level, and then you've got these these local regionals, and then you also have these other you know advocates that are kind of in between and. You know, I think as, as these advocacy efforts move forward, we start to see that mosaic picture kind come to clearer focus. Hmm. Yes. So um, what do you do with the, the money that comes to the, you know, through membership dues? What, how does that get spent? Uh, well, uh, at Better Bike? Yeah. Or well, we, yeah. yeah, we have a really modest promotional campaign. We also have a, a, a modest paying membership. It's really a challenge to get, to get local people who are interested to take that next step and then cough up the dues for LACBC uh, or even for a Better Bike membership. 
So that's really a challenge. I, I think for our membership, the, the key is that we can go to policymakers and say, you know, we have this many folks behind us. And the same thing with the LACBC. And then it's that next step to translate those folks into dues-paying members. And once they pay the dues, uh, then LACBC, a professional organization, you know, can take it forward. They can, they can start to do their promotional efforts and, and host their events that raise the visibility. At the local level, though, you know, we're like a shoestring budget. You know, uh, okay. half, half time it's out of my pocket. We're talking to Mark Elliott. He's a producer of Bike Talk, and he's also, do you have a title with uh, Better Bike Beverly Hills? Organizer. At Beverly, uh, and it's a regional chapter of the LACBC. We're also talking with Chicken Leather. And coming up, we have Ryberg of, is it Bike Walk Glendale or Walk Bike Glendale? Uh, I think it's Walk Bike Glendale. I, I did some walk bike today in Glendale, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to say that it, it was a precursor to today's show. Um, they have marked some lanes, and I was really amazed to see uh, some road diets going up in some of the area there. Um, but, uh, yeah, they. It's, go ahead. Well, we're, we're actually going to have an interview with Rye that we recorded earlier about um, the road diets and the, yeah. and the process they went through to, to do all that. Yeah, I, I took it upon myself today to, to ride back from there and, and just see what the city uh, had in store. Uh, Glendale, we don't always think of as being uh, on par, uh, being a little subsidiary, their own police state and everything. Uh, and I, I don't say that to mean like, oh, they're, they're stopping you and checking your passport or anything as you enter into the city. But it, it, it too, is, uh, let, let's be honest, a lot of Los Angeles is just something in transit you're never really going with the intent of like well i think i'm going to go through west hollywood today well, i think i'm going to do this but your your um your path may take you through there or or slightly touching it or or something um it's kind of if you were being tracked by a gps and and they or you know they put a cookie on you in your computer and just sort of tracked where you were going or what you were seeing and what you were doing and, and I think uh, it it would amaze a lot of people to see that they there there's so many different uh, influences that not only influence um, the trek that you do take but also the path that you're going to take uh, uh, today there there's so many different ways to get from one place from point A to B and there's so many different uh, uh, you know options to choose uh, and one of the ones w w that uh, I always get uh, talked to or we always talk about is the idea of, of intermodal you know should I throw my bike on on public transportation and then come back uh, th this th this is only a choice that you make sort of like oh my god how tired am i but uh, i think for me it's also how much am i going to enjoy the landscape and and today i said you know what I'll, uh, it, it's a beautiful day out inspired by the olympics and and all these things that are going there's so much sports going on in okay Los thanks Angeles too. uh we got a call from <laughs> ryberg and he's with uh by walk by glendale so we can get it from the the source here uh so rye is going to actually talk to us about the work they've done uh, with parking um, for bikes and uh, you know they're responding to people who get frustrated about having to lock their bike to a trash can or something when they get to their destination so uh, he's going to talk to us about how cities can provide more bike parking and here's this is Ryberg he's with the LAD um, he's worked with the LA Department of Transportation on their new bicycle parking ordinance and he currently works for Safe Routes to School National Partnership and he's also a member of Walk Bike Glendale. Hello, Rye. 
Hey, thanks for having me on this morning. Uh, thank you. Um, so, Ryan, let me ask you, how do cities normally provide bar- bike parking? Well, there's usually two ways that cities can provide bicycle parking. One is through a, a direct program where they install it themselves, and the second is to require it uh, in private development in the zoning code. So I'm going to talk a little bit about both of those, and uh, we can go ahead and get into it. Okay, let's hear. So uh, the the first way is um, I'm sure everyone has seen the, the black kind of staple U-shaped racks on the streets in downtown Los Angeles or throughout the city, and those are actually de- provided by the Department of Transportation, and they have uh, what is called their bike parking program. And this is the city actually going out and installing racks on the corner by request from, it can be business owners or private citizens. And um, we also have a similar program here in Glendale where the city has gotten a grant and they, they've bought a bunch of these racks and they go out on request and provide it. And if you live in the city of L.A., I recommend that you go on their, their, their website at bicyclela.org and look in their bike parking program if you want them to install one of these racks out in front of maybe your your uh, business or a coffee shop that you like to go to uh, where there isn't any good bike parking. And uh, they have a form that you can just go online. It's real easy, and you can just type it in, and they can, they'll can they come out and install it for you. Um, okay. And so this is usually short-term parking. So um, one of the things that cities don't provide is kind of long-term bike parking. Um, and so I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that when we talk about zoning codes. Okay, so um, let me ask a question. When you're talking about city programs, what exactly are you talking about? Well, mostly, mostly it's this type of program. And, you know, the, the, the trouble is, is I know everybody out there has experienced the, that frustrating situation where you're riding somewhere and you get uh, to your destination and all there is is that tree or a trash can or it's like the handicapped parking signpost at your grocery store. And so the city can really step up to the plate in that in that way and do some of that in the, where there's existing buildings. Now, this, the second thing I'm going to talk about today is zoning codes, and I'll, I'll go ahead and get into that now. Um, whenever a new development is built, uh, the city has what are called parking requirements. And basically, the city requires, let's say you're building a, a, a coffee shop. Well, depending on how big your coffee shop is, you're going to have to re- provide so many car parking spaces. But a lot of cities do the same thing for bike parking. So let's say you have a a 10,000 square foot coffee shop, they might require you to provide a couple of bike parking spaces in addition to the car parking. Um, And what is great about this is that it doesn't require the city to spend their funding on bike parking at these commercial developments. It actually comes out of the developer's pockets. the, the quality of this parking really depends on exactly what's in the zoning code. Um, and so I'll just talk a little bit about the work we did with the city of L.A. Um, currently, the city zoning code uh, only requires bicycle parking in develop- commercial developments over 10,000 square feet. So that's a big development, and that's going to leave out a lot of development. Uh, and, and a lot of maybe your smaller retail mar- stores or your coffee shops. So what we did is we went into the zoning code and we looked at how we could make sure that 
that every every new store or or building provides this type of of amenity for the users. Okay. Um, um, well, can I ask a question? You talked to you. Can you tell me the difference between short and long term parking? Right. So I, I was talking about how the the city program is great at providing short term bike parking. So that's your U rack on the street corner. Um, the great good thing about zoning codes is that you can actually require these new developments to provide what is called long-term bike parking, and that could be something like a, a bicycle locker. If you've taken a metro, you might have seen they have these silver-shaped uh, triangular lockers at a lot of their mm -hmm. stations, and what that does is it really provides that added security to someone who's going to be leaving their bike somewhere uh, for a long period of time. And so in the zoning code that we worked with in L.A. and the research we did in the zoning codes across the country, uh, most of them require some sort of long-term bike parking. Now, they don't have to just be lockers. They can also be things like bike rooms or bike cages where you've got some, some bike racks inside of a secure facility. And those are really great also for residential buildings if you're talking about your apartment buildings. Um, you know, doing this research came across a lot of kind of funny but not funny pictures of people uh, creatively hanging their bikes off of their balconies in their apartment buildings or, or you know, locking them in, in funny situations just because the this, this space wasn't provided. And so right. um, when we want to make bicycling convenient, we really want to make sure that we're also providing that secure long-term bike parking uh, so that people's bikes aren't getting stolen. And so do cities usually provide this? Well, cities do provide this. Uh, but usually only for their, for their city employees, maybe um, in their city buildings. So that's, that's really why we go to the zoning code to make sure that the, the, the private sector is also providing this. Um, and, and also the zoning code gets to a lot of the other kind of uh, design standards that we might think about. Uh, I'm sure some people out there have found what, what is uh, like bike racks at a lot of places, um, and They've locked their bike to it, and it's just not quality bike parking. What I'm talking about are like wheel bender racks where it only supports your wheel, and so if you lock your wheel there, the rest of your bike can just get stolen because it's not attached to the rack. Or if it gets knocked over, it'll actually bend your back wheel. Another thing that a lot of, a lot of private developers like to use is what is called a wave rack, and we really discourage these. These are the kind of um, the wavy racks. You'll see them at a lot of parks and out in front of some developments. And developers like these because they can buy one rack and supposedly it provides a lot of bike parking but you really want your bike parking to support the bike in in, in two places so that it doesn't get knocked over if someone comes by um, and I can't tell you the number of times I've gone by wave racks or wheel bender racks and you'll just see all the bikes there just laid out on the ground mm -hmm. so how does the zoning code usually require bicycle parking all right so um, like I said it's it's usually based on square footage so the the bigger your, your building, kind of the, the theory is the more employees you'll have, the more people visiting. So then you require more, more parking um, based on the size of the building. And one of the things that we really worked on in the code in Los Angeles was to pro provide some incentive for existing buildings um, and also for new developments uh, to provide additional bike parking be beyond the, the bare minimums that we were requiring in the code. Um, and so if, if a developer is super bike-friendly and they want to do a lot of extra, uh, more than we're requiring, one of the things we looked at is, is if they could reduce the number of car parking spaces by a limited amount, 
and, and that kind of gives them an incentive because car parking is very expensive to install. Um, it can go anywhere from $10,000 a space for surface parking all the way up to $40,000 a space for subterranean parking. So by allowing them a little bit more flexibility in this area, um, we're kind of incentivizing them to provide additional bike parking. And this is also great for existing buildings um, in the code because uh, if, if an area, a small store doesn't have any bike parking, we'll actually allow them to remove one of their, park, their car parking spaces to install that bike parking. All right. Can you talk a, a little bit about the code you worked on for L.A.? Yeah. So this, that code was actually brought forth by uh, Councilmember Rosenthal, and he passed a motion on that. And so that is currently in the city's attorney's office. Uh, it's kind of a long process. You, you write the code, and then it has to go through multiple review committees, um, and it has to go out for public comment period. And, and the last step it goes is to the city attorney's office before the council finally votes on that. And so I've gotten word recently it should be coming out of the city's attorney's office in the next month or two. And then we're going to need all the people out there who want good bike parking to come down to city council and um, uh, let the council know so that they, they approve it and it goes into this, the code. And then from that point on, any new development will be providing uh, plenty of bike parking for everybody. So obviously you want support for that. You want people to show up. And what are some of the good things about the code that you want them to know about? Well, I mentioned the, the, the small uh, incentive portion just now with the, the reduction in car parking by a few spaces. The other great thing that we did in this code is um, there are things called bicycle corrals where you actually take out um, one on-street parking space in front of a, a business, and then you can put in 10 or 12 uh, bicycle parking spaces. And we, we kind of outlined what businesses can do uh, if they want to go through this process and put in a bike um, corral out in front of their business. And the great thing about it is we're going to allow them to count if they go ahead and they, they go through the permitting process and they, they pay to install this, we're going to let them count that towards some of their required bike parking. So it's, it's, it, going back to that incentive, we really want to encourage businesses to go out and, and provide this quality bike parking. Um, a few other things that we, we really, really worked on were the design standards. We want to make sure that people are providing quality. They're not hiding the bike parking behind the building where no one's going to see it, no one's going to use it. Make sure there's good lighting, good signage, and other things like that. So, okay, so those are some of the things that you're hoping for or, or that are in the code. And what are some of the, if you want to talk about some of the downside limitations, things you should have gone further to do? Well, um, I think we're, we're pretty happy with this as far as the city code goes. Um, there is another provision in what's called the building code, which is separate from the zoning uh, code and we were, weren't allowed to work on that because the motion that was came from council specifically directed us to work on the on the zoning code. But the the building code has a provision for showers, and I just saw some research the other day that said having a shower at your location is a great incentive for biking. So I think one of the things advocates should push for in the next coming years is to revise the building code standards for showers in new buildings, um, and that would kind of complement the the bike parking. Uh, the second thing is, is the building code only applies to, or the zoning code only applies to new development. So it's not going to retroactively force every shopkeeper or every property owner to go out and install bike parking. That would just be too, um, too, too burdensome on, on, on all the, the property owners out there. So 
that's why we included that incentive. If they want to remove a car parking space, they can get some bike parking in there. And also, the the code doesn't apply to public schools, which is which is really kind of a bummer. Uh, LAUSD has their own um, building standards, and so one of the other things we might look forward to is working with the Safe Routes to School type of uh, program is to work on the design standards with LAUSD and require them to, to install bike parking when they build new schools. Okay, so um, yeah, we're, we're, we got to go into the next segment, so if you could just tell us like when it's going to go into effect, who, what, you know, how, where we can go for more information. So just keep up to date with LACBC. Um, you know, we don't have a definite date coming out of the city's attorney's office, but it's going to be in the next month probably. Um, and once that does, we're going to we'll shoot it out to all the network out there to make sure that everyone hears about it and get people downtown. What, to, what, what's to the name? What's the name of this code again? Uh, it's called the Bicycle Parking Ordinance. It's with the city of LA. Okay. Um, and well, and if, if other cities are interested in doing this, um, LACBC, I worked with them on putting out a guide on how to write a, a bicycle parking ordinance. So that's available on their website, I believe. And so if, if you live in a city that's not LA City and you want want to work on this with your city council, I recommend getting that guide, and there's a couple other resources I can direct you to. Great. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Um, right, thanks, Nick. Call again soon. All right. That was Ryan Berg. Um, he's currently works for the Safe Routes to School National Partnership. He's also a member of Walk Bike Glendale. We're going to be back in a minute with April Lemley from Chicks on Bikes. Again. Push on a pedal, push on a pedal, Okay, so we're on the phone with April Lemley of Chicks on Bikes Radio. How are you doing, April? I'm good, Nick. Thanks for having me on today. How are you? I'm good. We're, we're, um, what's it like? You're in New York right now, East Coast? Yeah, I'm calling you from Manhattan, and it is a beautiful summer day. Um, wanted to share two really cool events that are going on. Uh, one that's happened this week and one that's happening today. And what's the one that's happening? Which one you want to talk about first? Well, I would love to talk about Art Crank, uh, which is a traveling poster party for bike people. And um, it was this week here in uh, the bike shop in New York City at Bicycle Habitat, which you may or may not know of, but is a, a nice shop in Soho. And... Um, Mm -hmm. Art Crank is a traveling poster party for bike people that comes out of Minneapolis. It is founded by a man named Charles Yule, who um, has been doing this for uh, since 2007. So each year they they add shows in different cities, and um, they feature local artists, about two dozen local artists. 
and they sell the posters there, and the posters go to a local charity. Or, excuse me, the proceeds go to a local charity. And it's just very cool mixture of people, diverse crowd, diverse art, and uh, super fun. Is it is it all posters, the art? They are all prints. So they're, they're limited edition prints. They have them for sale there. They're all $40, so it's reasonably priced, limited edition art, and uh, all very, very mixed. I mean, the, the art was just as diverse as the crowd, so um, they're, they tend to be screen printed, but some of them are digital prints and some of them are G-Clay, and they are about, they're, they're pretty small. I mean, not pretty small, but they're a reasonable size. They're about, mm, I don't know. The maximum one was maybe eighteen by twenty-four, and it's and it's all bike stuff. It's all bicycle related, yes. Bicycle related art. So the the mission, um, yeah, you can read about Art Crank on their website, artcrank.com, or you can follow them on Twitter. But their their mission is uh, Art Crank uses creativity to change the way people think about bicycles and grow the cycling community. And I actually okay. ran into Charles, the, the um, Max Daddy behind this whole event or series of events today, and I did an interview with him. And um, it, it was too long to play because I ran into him on the street, and I just turned on the recorder. So if you if you go on to um, my Facebook page, I'll be posting information about where you can um, hear that interview. Your Facebook page being. My Facebook page is Chicks on Bikes Radio. Okay, and is this com- is our crank coming to LA? Yes, actually, that's a great question. So, um, shows have been in Denver, St. Louis, Portland, San Francisco, Des Moines, and Bend, Oregon. Um, and this year, they're actually adding. This is their first iteration of a New York City show, and they also added. Austin this year and Los Angeles and the Los Angeles show is going to be in November which is the end of their traveling season uh, which is a great time for people to come out and celebrate and buy some bicycle art for holiday gifts all right cool so definitely we'll check that out and so what's the other thing you're gonna tell us about today April yeah the other thing is um, called Summer Streets. It's New York City's version of Ciclovia, which was very fun. I went out this morning um, with my bike and my dog and rode around. Uh, the, it's, it's very similar to Ciclovia. It's, um, I don't know how long the route is. I didn't, I didn't check because I didn't do the whole thing. But mm-hmm. super fun, every different flavor of cyclist. Uh, the street that it's on um, tends to be a little bit more narrow than the route in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I, when I think of Ciclovia, I think of it as very wide. Uh, yeah. But I guess that's not really true for the whole route. But yeah, it was it was great, great fun. All right. Well, it's called Summer Streets. So it's uh, it's probably in a whole lot of cities. Uh, some version of Ciclovia, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I know San Francisco has um has one now as well, and so does Minneapolis. Uh, so I think. Ciclovia, the original Ciclovia, and our Los Angeles Ciclovia are really doing a, a great, um, great effort into inspiring other cities to to start an open streets 
programs. Summer Streets is a little bit different here because uh, they do three back-to-back weekends. So they did last weekend, they'll do this weekend, and then they do next weekend, and it's done. Whereas, as you know, with Ciclovia, it's spread out over the year. So I think people seasonally, they have to do it here in the summer only, but I think people get really excited because uh, they're the weekends are bookended together. All in all, it's great fun and a good effort on everyone's part. Well, thank you. I think you really gave us the flavor of uh, the East Coast, New York City, April. Yeah, there's some really fun events going on here this summer. So uh, thanks for letting me call in. I wanted to tell people how they can find me, and that would be on Chicks on Bikes Go for my Twitter handle and Chicks on Bikes Radio for my Facebook page. The uh, website is Chicks on Bikes Radio, and uh, we also have a podcast in iTunes. Thanks, April. So, thanks for the support. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. I'm here today with Rye Berg. He's the policy director of Walk Bike Glendale. How you doing, Rye? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Tell us all about Walk Bike Glendale. You're going to start by telling us about, I think, policy? Yeah, so we've got a couple of really great um, policy initiatives going on in Glendale. Uh, the first was the Safe and Healthy Streets initiative, which was led by Colin Bogart. And that was actually a grant with the Department of Public Health, uh, with the PLACE program. And so Colin came out to Glendale and worked there for a couple of years and really got a great community effort going and managed to get a big policy document passed by the city council. And so that was really kind of the impetus for a lot of the work that's happened since then in Glendale. Colin Bogart, is uh, he works with the Los Angeles County uh, Bicycle Coalition, uh, and he's just been really instrumental in Glendale, working with the city staff, working with with our elected officials and getting them on board with the, the ideas of walkability, livability, creating streets that work for everybody and not just the automobile. So how many people you have over there at Walk by Glendale? Uh, I'm not sure what our actual registered 
uh, numbers are, but we've got a couple hundred people on our mailing list, and then we've got about 15 core members that show up regularly to our meetings and participate on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and it's been really great. Um, we've just so much energy, so many passionate people coming up, and we're, we're out at new events all the time and just keep getting more and more people. And it, I think that people, some people think that people don't want to walk and bike, and every time we're at an event, it's just amazing the number of people in Glendale, which kind of has this car-centric, you know, we have the Brand Boulevard, which is the avenue of the cars. So we're really car-centric city in some respects, but there's really actually a lot of interest in walking and biking in Glendale. And so your whole mission, what's your mission over there? So when we started talking about creating Walk by Glendale, which kind of had this core group of people that came out of the Safe and Healthy Streets um, plan, we, we went through kind of our, our visioning process, and we were kind of thinking, do we want to do just biking? Do we want to do just walking? And there was so much interest both from people that, I don't know if people know, but Glendale has one of the worst um, traffic safety records of any city in California and the United States for pedestrian fatalities. Um, we rank in the top three pretty much every year. So we really wanted to keep that pedestrian component as part of of our group. And a lot of us were cyclists, so there was kind of a, the the instinct there to keep that in there too. And so we really kind of formed the synthesis, and, and we're really happy about it, even though we're a part of the Los Angeles County Bicycle Coalition, which focused primarily on bicycling, um, we feel that bringing in that pedestrian issue in Glendale, since we do have such an issue there, really allows us to connect better with some of the, some of the residents and, and our political leaders too. It's important when we talk about how we get bike lanes on the street to talk about kind of the nuts and bolts of policy. And right now, we started with the Safe and Healthy Streets plan in Glendale, and there's still a long way to go that we need, and a lot of the the components of that that we need to implement but right now one of those things is the bicycle master plan so when we work on that it it gives the city staff direction and it gives us a foundation to go back and talk to our elected officials about you said we were going to do this why aren't we doing it and so that's kind of where the policy comes in and it's important. Um, I've looked at a lot of the different bicycle master plans from the different jurisdictions in LA County and, and around the area, and some of them are much better than others at spelling out exactly what the citizens want to do and how it's going to be implemented. And we've we've had a pretty good relationship with the planning department in in Glendale, um, and we're we're pretty happy with with the bicycle master plan. We didn't get everything we want, but we're still working hand-in-hand hand on that, and we're looking at probably an adoption either this month or next month on that. So we're pretty excited about it, because then we can, we can stop talking about that policy and actually get into the implementation, which will be pretty fun. And so the adoption means implementation? Well, the, the adoption by the city staff means that the bicycle master plan actually becomes part of the general plan. And so then it's, it's still up to the advocates, though, to push for implementation, because uh, kind of what... You can't just rely on having that policy in there if nobody's looking out for it. And I think Los Angeles has done a really good job in, um, at least the advocates have, in, in staying on top of City Hall, making sure that pressure has stayed up there, and, and working with the planning department to make sure that they're continually moving forward. And so you do have to have that kind of continual advocate pressure 
with, with your planners and your city council. And so what is the difference between policy and implementation, and what is the city doing for implementation? All right. So we talked a little bit about the bicycle master plan, about how that kind of sets the goals for the city um, and in the policy area. And then in that plan is kind of the work plan of what, what are we going to do? What are the steps we're going to take to get to our goals? So one of our goals is to increase the number of people bicycling in, in Glendale. So what is the city doing? And the city's really interested in doing a road diet. A road diet is when you basically have two lanes in each direction for cars. And what you do is you take away one of those lanes and you put in some bike lanes on the side in that extra space that you had. And you add a center left turn lane. And they they're actually make the roads safer for drivers. They make it safer for cyclists. They make it safer for pedestrians trying to cross the street. So they have a lot of added benefits. They calm the traffic down. They help with speeding, which are all problems that we have in Glendale. Um, and so we had a huge campaign over the summer to try to install a road diet on Honolulu Avenue up in North Glendale. And um, the city decided on that street for a number of reasons. It had a low volume of cars throughout the day. Um, it, it led to some key destinations, and it, it seemed like the ideal spot. Um, and so the city held two outreach meetings. Uh, and unfortunately, there was a lot of opposition, especially from one small neighborhood. We learned some definite lessons from the process, though. What we need to do in the future is do the outreach before the project is proposed. In other words, this neighborhood really felt that this project was just being shoved down their throats and they didn't have any say in it. And we think most of the opposition wasn't exactly t against the bike lanes. There was a little concern over congestion, although given the number of cars on the streets, pretty... Um, unlikely that would happen but really we felt like they just didn't like the political process that was here's a project we're gonna try this and you don't have any say in the matter okay so you're you're you've talked about why you think that think this process wasn't successful the fact that you didn't do enough outreach so people felt it was shoved in their throats and next time you would just do you would do the outreach first Right. One of the things we're really pushing with the city is to create a, a bicycle pedestrian advisory committee uh, with some of our members at the table so that we can really be aware of when the city's going to be moving forward with projects and we can be there from the beginning and that we can really go out to the neighborhoods and collect that support and, and discuss with the neighborhoods what they feel the problems are and come at it from a, a ground-up instead of a top-down approach. I think um, nobody likes having things shoved down their throats, even if they're good ideas, so... So and so, do you guys have the the funds to do all this? To do the bicycle <clears throat> advisory committee, to do the the walking around the neighborhoods. Well, so Walk by Glendo, we're a small organization. We're totally volunteer run. Uh, basically, about six of us hit the streets for four or five weekends in a row. We visited probably eighty percent of the homes in in in, in the Montrose area in North Glendale, uh, and collected those signatures. And it was really a, just a volunteer-led effort, and it's just the passion that is keeping it, keeping it going. And it, it was actually a great experience. You know, I met so many cool people up there and neighbors that I would have never met otherwise. So it was, it was a great time anyway. So. Sounds great. So what other types of projects is the city working on? Um, well, they've, they've actually doing a great job in terms of bike parking. They got a grant, um, I, think it's, I think it's through Metro, um, with uh, some federal funds, I think. Uh, to, to install bike racks. I think it's about $400,000, if I remember right. And they've really been really proactive, going to businesses, saying, 
can we put a bike rack in front of your store? So 400000 just for bike, like in bike racks? I believe so, yeah. Oh. I, I have to check the numbers on that, but that's, that's my understanding. And that's big. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, they've been really going out and marking the spot and just putting in bike racks. And really in the downtown area of Glendale, they've, you know, they've installed a ton of them, and you go by there and they're full. So I think just having that added visibility of the bike racks out there is getting more people out riding too. Um, one of the other great things that the city has done is they've, they've gotten about $3 million in Safe Routes to School grants, and so these are going to be uh, infrastructure improvements around the schools and uh, um, curb cuts, crosswalks, and that sort of thing. And they're actually doing a couple of bicycle projects uh, with that in terms of installing de- bike detectors at some of the, the lights and stuff. What's a curb cut, real quick? A curb cut is where you make sure that the uh, it's generally for for handicapped or disabled people, uh, and it it'll it's basically the, the the ramp that goes down into the street, and then they're doing some bulb outs too, which is where you extend the 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 sidewalk out into the street to lessen the distance that people have to cross and be exposed to cars. A big portion of our our bicycle master plan is the impl- is the implementation of sharrows and sharrows are a stencil on the on the street that tells cars that they need to share the lane with bicyclists and the city has actually been really proactive in this we haven't even passed the bike plan yet but they're anytime that they repave a street they're putting the sharrows down right now so um, we got to give them kudos for that it's it's a really great way to save money on the implementation and they're even talking about um, using some of their measure R funding to complete all the shows in the bicycle master plan in the next year what's next for walk bike glenda well we've been really now that we're kind of done working on the road diet project um for the time being we're going to come back to it we're not letting them off the hook with that but we're really focusing on getting people out we want to get more people on the streets riding and walking and just having fun and so we've had some really great events over the past year we did a history ride up in north glendale where we got the historic society to come out and they led the tour through some of the historic sites up there um, we just did an art ride where we had people ride to different locations and then do some sketches around town so that was really fun cool and then um We've been doing a lot of tabling at all the events. We, there was a cruise night, which is all the old cars come out. As I mentioned, Glendale's kind of a car city. so But we had our bike table out there with a bunch of our bikes surrounding it, and we actually signed up a bunch of new members at the cruise night. So we're going to slowly take that over and hopefully get some fun bikes out, some tall bikes out there next year. What's the vibe like between the car people and, and you guys? Well, like I was mentioning, like uh, people think Glendale's this this car-centric city, but... We had tons of people coming by, and the Public Works Department actually had an auction for a, uh, or a raffle, I'm sorry, a raffle for a free bike, uh, a beach cruiser, and so there were just tons of people coming by our booth and pretty into it, so it was, it was, it was really great. And coming up, a fun event we're going to have, it's not the healthiest event, but it's going to be tasty. We're going to do a pastry walk in South Glendale. So basically we're going to do a little walking, do a little eating, do a little walking, and really there's a lot of great... Um, bakeries in South Glendale that we're going to be stopping by and just uh, sampling their wares. Are you going to be counting the calories that you burn? I'm not. No, <laughs> I'm just going to be eating the, eating as many pastries as possible and uh, enjoying meeting some new folks and uh, going around the neighborhood and, and seeing what, what's next. So Cool. And um, all this is on, you have newsletters, you have mailing lists? Yeah, we have, we have a Facebook page and we also have our WordPress, uh, Walk by Glendale at WordPress. Dot com. We have our, our website there where you can go on and check out upcoming events. Um, and you can also um, 
check out our Facebook page, like us, join us on there. Walk by Glendale. Um, before we end, I want you to just tell me some of the the past events you've done and and what you think. You know why Glendale needs Walk by Glendale. Well, so I f- I kind of feel like if we can succeed in Glendale, we can succeed anywhere. Like I said, we got that car culture vibe, but <clears throat> if we can get the the city council is pretty much on board. We got quite a bit of support there. Um, what we really just need to do in Glendale is get people out. And so that's uh, going to be awareness raising. Uh, it's going to be encouragement and education. we got to get out. We've been doing some bike rodeos for kids. Um, and then, like I said, the events, we're just going to be focusing on a lot, like monthly events, getting new people out. I think the more people in Glendale see us riding around on the streets, having fun and big walking groups, the more they're going to be encouraged to get out. And really our goal at Walk By Glendale is just to have fun. Uh, you know, riding your bike is so much more fun than sitting in traffic any day. You get exercise, you get some fresh air, um, and, you know, it's just a great way to get around town. And, and Glendale's not that big a, big a city, so it's pretty easy to get from one side to the other on your bike pretty quickly. All right, and one more time, the best way to, if, if somebody wants to find out how to get involved with all your events and volunteer? So you can visit us at our Walk by Glendale at wordpress.org.com. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, if you if you just type in "walk by Glendale," it'll come up on Google, and and visit our Facebook page and join us there. Sign up for our webpage and become a member of Walk by Glendale. Um, if you become an LACBC member, you can automatically become a Walk by Glendale member. All you got to do is check the little box, and then you'll be get signed up for all of our stuff. And we use that money to just go out and do flyering, uh, get people out to events, and and do our outreach. So we really appreciate the support. So, really, if if you're LACBC member, you're also a Walk Bike Glendale member. Yeah, all you got to do is check that box on your when you sign up for your membership, and it'll you'll become a Walk Bike Glendale member. And you get some of the funds there too. That's how. Yeah. So through the LACBC, the regional chapter group, when you you join us through one of the regional chapters, half the money goes to LACBC, and the other half goes to the regional chapter. So it's a, it's really great. We're under their five hundred one c three status, their nonprofit status. Um, so it, it saves us a lot of the hassle of that. And then we also get to support LACBC and the great work that they're doing kind of at the, the county-wide level and, and a lot of their efforts. So Sounds great. Thanks, Rye. This is Rye Berg, Walk by Glendale, and uh, have a good ride. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Okay, we're back, and we're going to do a birthday kind of a shout-out shout out today. with We got Alex Knefik on the line. Hey, Alex. Hey, it's, it's, it's Alex Kenefick, not Kenefick. Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> um, Alex has a real uh, personality that comes through in things like Facebook and emails and probably in person, I could say, too. And Tell us what you're doing on your Sunday ride. Um, well, I'm having a bike ride for my birthday, and we're going to meet at an undisclosed location um, downtown, and then we're going to go hit some east side... Um, eateries, including a place where you can cook your own steak, and a uh, um, we're going to go to the um, El Mercado de Los Angeles, which is uh, right on the the border between Boyle Heights and uh, uh, Boyle Heights in East LA, uh-huh. and then we're going to end up at the uh, um, closed down miniature golf course near Peck Road in South El Monte 
on the 60s. It's called Golfland, and it closed down recently, and it's all shabby and overgrown now. And so we're going to hang out there and drink some beers down there. And so it's basically a bike ride. It's just going to be uh, 16, about about 15 or 16 miles in three three shorter segments. And then we're going to end up in El Monte, and then people who want to come back can come back on the Silver Line, which isn't too far away. Or um, so there's just ride the 15 miles back to L.A. or stay in a motel or stay out all night. Or I think it would stay in the golf course or get arrested. There were a lot of options. So there's some that you can get arrested and uh, go to jail, and that's free lodging, free mm-hmm. food. Um, there's a motel actually right next to the golf course called the Sierra Inn, and um, it's um, that's an option. And I think I, I, I'm kind of angling towards that option. And then there's, oh, cool. uh, yeah. Um, well, I'm sure it's going to be great, and uh, you're really providing a lot of a lot of entertainment to the community this way. Yeah. Um, well, thanks. Thanks a lot. All right. Happy and birthday, Alex. Birthday wishes, Nick. Yep. Have a great year. Bye bye. All right. Bye. All right, and that was it, uh, Mark. We're closing up. That was our. This was our regional chapter show. All right. Season. Love um, it. So, how is it riding in the heat? Oh, man. For you. Uh, L.A., there's no more beautiful time to ride a bike than midday in L.A. Temperatures climbing to the triple digits. The haze the haze settles in over the over the Southland, and uh, everyone's in a little bit of a foul mood. Lovely. <laughs> Excellent bike riding weather. Any tips for, I mean, I obviously stay hydrated, but anything else? Stay moving. That's my tip. Keep the, the wind coming? Yeah. It's a dry heat. Remember, it's a dry heat. All right. Well, a great show today. Uh, we had, but it was like a, a lot of Ryberg, but on different topics from um, Glendale Walk Bike, Walk Bike Glendale. We had um, Jim Brown from the California Bicycle Coalition with the news. We had April Lemmy f- from Chicks on Bikes Radio. In the studio, we had Chicken Leather and Mark Elliott from Better Bike Beverly Hills. And until next week, thanks for listening. Bike Talk. KPFK.org, live on Kill Radio. Okay.